he, he, he brings them all out before Samuel. And Jesse expects one of those seven sons to be anointed as the next king over Israel. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6, we can read it. They came, they looked at Eliab, who was the first son, brought before um, Samuel. And surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He would have been the oldest. And it said, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Who's glad about that? (laughs) And so one by one, each one of Jesse's seven sons is brought before Samuel. Samuel says to God, how about him? He says, no, rejected, 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 rejected. And he rejects seven sons. So then Samuel says to Jesse, well, surely there must be one son somewhere else. He says, well, I do have one more son, but he's a shepherd boy in the field looking after sheep, bringing cheese to his brother. Some of us call him the cheese boy. And uh, I thought that was funny. (laughs) So he says, well, bring, bring David. And so little David comes in and it says in verse 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David in that moment. Now, it's really interesting. I'm going to write my first word on on the whiteboard today. I'm going to write this word, anointed. Fifteen years old, despite probably some heavy criticism from his brothers and some jealousy, at 15 years old, David was anointed the next king over Israel. Now let's, let's move um, forward just a few chapters, but a few years after he'd been anointed. Who, who's ever been in a service on a Sunday or on a Wednesday evening or at a concert or something and God has just been really moving? You're on this spiritual high. You think, if I get any closer, I'm going to be with the angels. <laughs> There's only one problem with Sunday nights, Monday mornings. Does anyone get that? When the phone rings, you go from a spiritual high to an earthly low. Because you meet your boss on a Monday morning. (laughs) So this is what happens. David goes out and beats Goliath. Saul hears about it and he's insecure. He's threatened by David's leadership. He knows something's up. People start leaning towards David as a leader. And in fact, the girls like David so much they wrote a song about him. Saul kills his thousands, David kills his tens of thousands. It says that they go and sing it in the streets. Well, that's not cool if you're the king of Israel, Saul, to hear those kind of songs being sung. And Saul gets so insecure and so threatened by David, twice he tries to kill him. Now, I don't know what your boss is going to be like towards you on Monday morning. I'm pretty sure he's not going to try and stone you to death. Yeah, pretty, pretty sure. I mean, maybe he will. So David goes, wait for this, David goes from anointed to this. I spell that right? I think so. David goes from anointed to disappointed. Has anyone ever gone from being in a moment of God's presence to disappointed? Okay, we're, I'm speaking to the right group of people. All right, now we're going to fast track 15 years. 15 years later, David's around 30, 31 years old. 
Second Samuel chapter 2, verse 4. The leaders of Judah come to David and they crowned him king of Judea. We're going to just write our final word on the board this evening. It was a long, it was a long journey. Okay. Anointed plus disappointed equals appointed. David was not appointed king of Israel to his 31, but he was anointed king of Israel at 15. Tonight, every person, what you've written down on your iPad, your piece of paper, you are anointed for that yeah. miracle. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, and He has anointed you. You haven't got to wait for a prophet. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, and He's anointed you to see a breakthrough in your family, your finances, your health, in every area of your, big, of your being. This is the issue. Most miracles do not get lost on a Sunday night. Most miracles get lost in the disappointment season. So suddenly God gives us a word, pastor preaches a great word, full of faith. We leave here on a spiritual high. The phone rings Monday with a bad health report. God, where are you? Are you kidding? This isn't what I experienced last night in church. Most miracles get lost in the season of disappointment. The enemy's not worried about you being anointed and feeling fuzzy on a Sunday night in church. What he is worried about is if you know how to overcome life's disappointments. All right, so that was the intro. Apart from the spelling mistake, that all went smoothly. Okay. Number one, if you're taking notes, the message is called Anointed, Disappointed, and Appointed. They kind of rhyme. Squeaky G, you'd appreciate that. All right, I'm going to give us three thoughts tonight in reaching our God-given breakthrough. Three thoughts to help us overcome this season of disappointment. The first thought is this. Number one, the Holy Spirit anoints us. The word anointing or anointed has kind of been hijacked by Christian crazies. You ever met a Christian crazy? Just switch on some of the Christian TV channels. You'll see some Christian crazies. Sorry if that's offended anyone. But the word anointed's kind of been hijacked. The word anointed simply means this. It simply means the presence of God. Yeah. It means consecration. You've been set apart. You have been set apart. When, when, when God sent his son Jesus and Jesus died on the cross, went, went back to heaven, he left his Holy Spirit on earth yeah. to be our comfort, to be our strength. And so the Holy Spirit living inside of us is the anointing power of God. And today, I'm, I'm so glad that we've not got to wait for a prophet to come up and speak to us. But we have his presence inside of us. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he has anointed me. And that miracle that you've written down on your, that you're believing for on your iPad or your, on your paper, you're anointed for that. That son or daughter who's away from God tonight, you don't even know where they are. Maybe it's some crazy party. The Spirit of the Lord God has anointed you. Giving you the strength to believe that they're going to come back. You, the Holy Spirit, anoints you. And you know what? When you walk daily in the anointing of God, I know this, I'm ready to take on the world. Don't limit the anointing, the presence of God to a service on a Sunday night or on a Sunday morning. The presence of God inside of you. You can stir it up every day 
of the week. You know what? The anointing, it qualifies the unqualified. I used to go for jobs outside of my league, way outside my pay grade. Why? Because the Spirit of God is inside of me. And He has anointed me. It brings strength into me. I love what Psalm 45 verse 7, it says this, Therefore, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Wait for this. More than your companions. Isn't that cool? More than your companions. The Holy Spirit sets you apart. You know, some of you do not limit yourself to your educational standard or your educational degree. Don't limit yourself to that. Because God is the Holy Spirit. It can fast track you to success. I don't want you to, I don't want to belittle people's education and I encourage you to study hard. But there is something about the presence of God inside of your life. I remember once I went for a job in London. There was only two positions and 200 applicants. And I would say I was the least qualified person for that job. But as I was traveling there on the train, I remember praying and just asking the Holy Spirit would give me wisdom in the interview at the test. And I got that job. What was that? That's, that's Holy Spirit favor. That's the unmerited, unearned favor of God in my life. And we all have that if we're believers in Christ. Some of you need to ask someone out on a date who's out of your league. I did that and uh, paid off. Took three times. I'll just add that in. You know, Chantel, my my beautiful wife, she she has a, a natural gift to sing and to lead worship and she just does such an incredible job when she does that. But Chantel's not just got a gift. She's got, a, she's got anointing on her life as well. And every person in this room, maybe your gift's not to sing or play an instrument or preach. Some of you are administrators. Some of you are great with people. Some of you are accountants. Some of you are great with sports. Some of, every person in this room has an, a unique gift that God gave you when you were born. The Bible says the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. The word irrevocable means unchangeable. He will never take that gift away from you. And whatever you do in life, that gift will stay with you. But that's just half of it. Because your gift on your own is okay. But your gift plus the anointing of God is an unstoppable force. And I want to encourage you, don't just walk in your gifting. David didn't just walk in his gift. You don't take Goliath on, a 10-foot giant, in your own gifting. If you're a 5-foot kid with no military experience. But when you've got the presence of God inside of you, suddenly you look at your giant and you tell him how big your God is. It's a whole different thing. And some of you, you're facing on that piece of paper. It looks so, it looks insurmountable. It looks, you know, unachievable. But today, with the presence of God inside of you, the Holy Spirit has anointed you. Fifteen years old, David was anointed to be the king of Israel. All right, that was the fun part. Holy Spirit anoints you. Number two, life disappoints you. Monday morning. I've got a prophetic word for 2014 for this group. Some of you will fall off your seats. Life will let you down. Are you kidding? You came all the way to hear this guy from Hillsong to tell me that life's going to let me down? It will. You keep living. That's why Paul said to live as Christ and to die as gain. Why? Why was he saying that? He was saying that because life lets you down. Life throws curveballs. It just does. Doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. 
doesn't matter how good looking you are, life throws curveballs. So we go from this moment, a Holy Spirit moment. God gave me a promise to reach my family. God gave me a promise to, to see my health come through. And then the second moment, we get a bad health report. We get a letter from the bank. Someone pulls the contract in business. We go from anointing to disappointment. Has anyone ever been there? And this is where the enemy has a heyday. This is where he loves it. Because this is where the miracles get lost. This is where people get disillusioned. This is where people leave church. This is where people disconnect from... Do you have Bible study, midweek groups, and stuff like that? This is where people disconnect from God. This was not in the script. When Samuel anointed David, Samuel never mentioned that the current king was going to try and kill him. He never mentioned that. So all of a sudden, David goes from this incredible moment of being anointed with oil, and you're going to be the next king of Israel, and everyone's going to love you, to the current king wants to take your head off. Anointed, disappointed. 2010, we just moved to South Africa. My wife and I, we've been living there just a, just a few months and uh, we just had an incredible worship night in church. In fact, it was a, we call them a touching heaven nights. And we'd done six services that day. You guys go full pelt as well. I love it. And uh, we'd seen hundreds of people that day find Jesus. And Chantal had been leading worship. I'd been preaching. And we got off the stage that night. It must have been 9, 10 o'clock. And I was tired. And I just got a message from my sister saying, you need to call me. Something's happened at home. And as I called, as she said, hey, we've got some news that my dad, our dad had got had got cancer, he'd got leukemia, and the doctors hadn't given him long to live. Talk about going from anointed to disappointed in a flick. In a flick. Some of you, you've been through far worse tragedies, and you're going through, and you know, my heart's with you. And the challenge in that moment is, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? And we have this big question that hangs over us. And if, if we ever get into a conversation with a non-believer before, not, before long, this question comes up, doesn't it? And the reality is this. We don't have all the answers. There will be certain questions that are unanswered this side of eternity. And if we spend our whole lives trying to work out and play God... We miss actually what God has for it. I will never, shortly after that, my dad was taken to be with Jesus. Thank God I was there to be there as, as the family gathered around the bed. But I will never understand why that happened. But I will trust him. I will trust him. As the old song says, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And right now, some of you are going through some disappointment. And I wish I had all the answers. I wish I could tell you this has happened because of that, but I can't. But can I encourage you to do one thing? Keep going. Keep going. Don't allow the enemy in this season to steal your joy. Don't allow him to steal that breakthrough. Don't allow him to steal that thing because your breakthrough is coming. You've just got to understand. Disappointment sets you up for an appointment. Do I understand? No. But will I trust him? Yes. And this wasn't just something that happened to David. You think about Noah. Noah was 
anointed to save the world, wasn't he? Go build the biggest boat. We're going to battle watch a movie about it, aren't we? You know what? The first part's really cool. When he's building the boat, getting all excited. I'm sure when he put the last piece of paint on the, on the wood and varnish and tidied it all up, he's like, I have some rain now, please, God. God's like, are you kidding? You got some character building, son. 80 years looking out of his window every morning. Is there a cloud coming? What is a cloud? What is rain? We don't know. We don't even know what it is. The world had never even seen rain before. 80 years of disappointment. Joseph, anointed to save a nation, kicked into a pit by his own family. Isn't it interesting that sometimes the people closest to us disappoint us the most? What are we going to do with that? What we do here will be the making or the breaking of us. I never liked exams or tests at university. Did anyone, is anyone into tests and exams? It's good. I, I feel at home in Banningham. <laughs> You're never going to forget that, are you? I, I, I never like tests. The reason I don't like tests is this. I would always get stuck on a question, especially multiple choice. The writing ones, you could just kind of make things up and hope that the, hope that the person marking it would kind of find the answer in the middle of the, the puzzle. But the multiple choice one... If you put B and it was D, wrong. And sometimes I knew it wasn't A, I knew it wasn't C, I knew it wasn't E. So it was B or D. B, D. And I would look up. And right about where that gentleman sitting there would be the teacher. And he'd catch my eye and I'd catch his eye. And this is what he said. I know the answer because I wrote the test. <laughs> and I would be coming subconsciously back at him saying, I need the answer because I know you wrote the test. <laughs> so we'd have this subconscious boxing match. And then he just put his head down. I remember doing a test once. and You know, life can be like that. I want to say this. The teacher is always quiet during the test. Now that's just sunk in in Banningham. When you go through disappointment... I don't know about you, but does God ever go silent on some people? He doesn't go silent in church when the, when the presence of God is moving. You can feel it and pastor brings a word. It's almost like Jesus is speaking himself. Monday morning when the phone rings, you get that news. You're like, God, where are you? The teacher is always quiet during the test. I want to encourage you tonight. God might be silent right now, but he's never absent. He might be silent, but he's never absent. I'm going to ask Chantel just to come back up. And some of you, this is the first time you've met my wife. Some of you might know some of her testimony. But she's, she's got an incredible testimony of the grace of God and a season of disappointment that she went through as a young girl. And I believe it can help you and encourage you tonight. Why don't we give her a hand? Hey, church. So um, about 13 years ago, I, um, I was faced with the crossroads in my life and um, I left, I left America to go to Sydney, um, Australia to go to Hillsong Bible College. And, you know, as a Bible college student, you know, you meant to go to learn the Bible and, you know, kind of get your purpose. And, you know, I, I went a very broken, a very hurt, hurt young girl, very bitter, angry, 
young girl, and um, I was 19 years old, and I got on a plane to Australia, and there was certain things in my life that I knew God was wanting to do a, a, a work in my life, and um, he was challenging me to to not live in my past, but to step into my future, mm. and um, as I sat there on the plane, I began to cry and just ask God why these things happened to me, why, you know, and I'll, I'll share with you some of some of the, the things that I held on to for so long. And, and God was taking me on a journey of, of forgiveness and of, um, and of grace and of mercy. And I had to learn it for my life before I could give it out. And, um, you know, when I, was, when I was a little girl, I was about three years old. You know, my, my mom and, and all of my aunties and my real dad, they all come from the gangs in East L.A. And... Um, you know, I grew up in violence and, and hatred and anger and drugs and, you know, you name it, it was there. And, you know, my, my mom and my dad, their relationship was so toxic. You know, it was fighting and violence. And, you know, he ended up leaving when I was about three years old. So I, I grew up very hurt, very abandoned, rejected little girl. And all I wanted was the love from my father. And I never, I never understood why that happened to me, what I did wrong. And then when I was, I was about nine years old, no, eight years old, and my mom, you know, she went to a church that kind of reached out to, you know, ex-gang members. And, you know, and my mom, she remarried um, an ex-gang member. And um, I was eight then. And, you know, their relationship just, just wasn't, they hadn't dealt with a lot of the issues that kind of held them back. And that relationship became toxic as well. And, and he went back to drugs and he went back to burglaries and, you know, and when I was nine years old, the drugs just got so much that I just think he lost touch with his reality. And I was nine years old and, you know, he sexually abused me, you know, from the age of nine for quite some time. And I lived with that secret for so long and I never dealt with and I thought I, I thought I could trust another man again and just let me down. You know, I just felt like God was. God wasn't even there. I, I just didn't even, I didn't even feel, I didn't even feel him. I didn't even, I didn't even know what was going on with my life anymore. And as, as time went on, you know, my mom, that relationship became so bad that, you know, my mom just turned to what she, all she knew was violence. And, you know, she abused me and my brothers, you know, and I'm, I'm telling you this because she's allowed me to share this. And this is this, the journey of the forgiveness that's gone on in my life. And, you know, when I went to Australia, God was dealing with me to, to forgive and to let go and to be free from this because I didn't want to live in my mm. past anymore. I didn't want to let those 19 years of my life rob the rest of my 70, 80 plus years on earth. You know, so it was, it was easier to forgive at a distance. How many of you know it's easier, it's easy to forgive at a distance. And, you know, I, I was on that journey and two years went by and, you know, I was, I was kind of ready to face face reality a bit more and I had to go back to LA because um, my my boyfriend back then he broke up with me I know I know it, it cut me deep disappointment but I got over it <laughs> he came back <laughs> but um I went to um LA for a year and in that year I, I stepped off that plane and and God just he spoke to me and he said uh -uh, I'm not done with you yet and he challenged me to not only forgive those people at a distance, but he wanted me to go to every single one of those three people that hurt me the most 
And I went to them and I found them. And my real dad was living homeless on the street in East L.A. And I went and I found him and I told him how much I love him and how much I forgave him and how much God had a plan for his life. And I did the same thing with my mom. And, you know, the hardest one was with my stepdad because my mom still stayed married to him. So I had to see him every time I go home. And so I looked at him and, and I told him how much I forgave him. And you know what forgiveness does? It, it brings perspective. Because when, when I released him, I found out that, you know, he was, he was abused by his uncles. He was, you know, and you know the people say hurt people, hurt people. And I understood that. And as I, as I, forgave, I forgave and I, I kept saying and I kept speaking to them. And, you know, God released me from that. And he also released them from that. And the freedom that's in our family now is just, I mean, you couldn't have written the script, you know, like it's only been by the grace of God that this has happened. And now our family get to, gets together and I can come to Los Angeles and my family, you know, we love each other. And, you know, it's a process. Of course, it's a process. But you know what? There's God is in the middle of it. And he has got a bigger plan than what we could have ever, you know, what the enemy tried to destroy and he meant for evil. God has turned that whole thing around and he's made it to glorify him. So Beautiful. Fantastic. Let's give Chantella a big clap. What an amazing testimony. As Paul said to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good to those that love God and accord to his purposes. And that's just a testimony how something so, you know, repulsive, evil, vulgar happened. But man, God somehow managed to take all that and make something beautiful. It says he gives his beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise. And I love that. I love what God can do. And right now, you may be going for a series of disappointments. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to do four things. If you're going for a season of disappointment, is anyone heading in a season of disappointment right now? Be honest. You're in a season of disappointment. I've got four quick things to encourage you to do. Is this going to help someone? Number one, the first thing to remember if you're in a season of disappointment is this. You are anointed for disappointment. We think that we're anointed to feel good. Let me tell you, Christianity Christianity is not just a feeling. It is far more than that, okay? And uh, Christianity is more than a feeling. You have been anointed not to feel good, but you've been anointed to handle disappointment. I do not know how people get through this life without Jesus Christ. Why do people turn to drugs? Why do they turn to alcoholism? Why do they turn to sex? Why do they turn to prostitution? All these things, why? Because they do not know how to handle disappointment. Jesus is our crutch. He's there to lean on. Right now, you're going for it. I want to tell you, God has given you everything you need, every ounce of strength to get through this season of disappointment. He said he'd never leave us, and he said he'd never forsake us. Do we understand? No. Do we trust him? Yes. So you've got to remember that you're anointed for disappointment. And David remembered this when he was going through it. And when we, we, we quote this beautiful psalm, you anoint my head with oil. David was going through a difficult season. And in that beautiful psalm 23, he says, you anoint my head with oil. Sometimes when we're going through disappointment, we've got to remember this. We're anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. My finances are anointed. I might be going for a tough season right now, but I know that my Father has anointed me and He can get me through this season. My health might be in a little bit of challenges right now, but I am anointed. Do I understand? No. Will I trust Him? Yes. 
through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. You're anointed for disappointment. Second thing, this is really important to do if you're in a season of disappointment. Do not develop a wounded spirit. You know, 99% of the reason we get disappointed in life is this one word, people. You wouldn't have hardly any disappointments, apart from the odd natural disaster. People. People disappoint us. You hang around people long enough, they'll disappoint you. doesn't matter whether they're a politician, a pastor, a leader, a parent, a child, a brother, a sister. Humanity. Humanity. And so we hang around with people and we get disappointed and then something creeps in our spirit. I want to encourage you right now. Make a decision not to develop a wounded spirit. And if, you, if your spirit's wounded, turn out you can deal with it. We're going to have a, a moment at the end of this service. We're going to pray for people. Chantelle carried a wounded spirit for 10 years of her life. She carried this burden of unforgiveness and it was turning into anger. You know, to every fruit there's a root. And often the root to the fruit that's in our lives is disappointment. We've never dealt with the disappointment in our lives. And then it manifests itself later in life. You know when you get angry at the supermarket, someone puts the trolley in your ankles? <laughs> Suddenly they ah! You know what that is? That's not the trolley. Or the cart, sorry, the cart. <laughs> you have the strangest names. I'll try this illustration. You walk past the bed in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and you stump your foot on the end of the bed. And all this stuff comes out of you. Like, you say words that you regret in the morning. And the reality is this, the bed's not moved for 20 years. The bed's not moved an inch. You just haven't dealt with your issues. You've had disappointment. You've not dealt with it. It's turned into anger. It's turned into resentment. Oh, and it goes on. When we deal with those issues, man, we can live free. But it starts by saying, you know what, I make a decision. So Chantal and I, we made a decision when we got married. Simple decision was this. Every day, we're going to live short accounts. We have bumps with people, life you have bumps with people. But every day we say, you know what? We're not going to go to sleep at night if we're holding anything in our spirits towards anyone. Yeah. You know how you live? You live free. Yeah. Yeah. You see, forgiveness doesn't make them right, but it makes you free. Yeah. So it doesn't make... When we forgave Chantel's uh, stepdad, it didn't make what he did right. It will never make what he did right. I'll never understand it. But it makes him free. But ultimately, it makes us free. So I can now, Chantal and I, can now walk and do everything that God's called us to be without carrying around any rate, uh, weights of disappointment. Yeah. We're free. Yeah. Okay, the third thing. We're going to finish in just five minutes. Third thing. Encourage yourself in the Lord. If you're going for a season of disappointment, I encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord. David is being hounded by Saul. Twice he tried to kill him. And this is what David said, or Samuel said of David. It said, Samuel said of David, David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm praying tomorrow morning that this worship team would come and set up in your bedroom. So when you wake up in the morning, they'll just be singing some of these beautiful songs. And they will lead you into the presence of God. And pastor will come and give you a daily devotion at the end of your bed. And then the angels will do a river dance. 
Your doors will swing open. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. You know what can happen? You can make a decision. There's going to be some days, some weeks, maybe even some months. No one's going to encourage you. David didn't have anyone encouraging him. Do you know what he made a decision? He said, I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to encourage myself. And so sometimes when disappointment comes, I put my trainers on and I go for a run. And I start saying things like this. John, you're just an awesome, awesome guy. Man, you're a great husband. You're a great leader. You're a great preacher. I'm not doing this to big me up here. I'm just saying right now, sometimes you've got to encourage yourself because I might not be getting encouragement from where I thought I was going to get encouragement. So I begin to encourage myself in the Lord. And I begin to say, today it is blessed. I am blessed. My home is blessed. I am highly favored of the Lord. I am anointed this day. And I encourage myself. And you know when you start speaking the word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. You start speaking the word of God, suddenly your faith builds. You wake up and you realize, actually, that disappointment isn't quite as big as I thought it was. Because staring down on that disappointment is Jesus. So we love just to push our mountains and make them so big. But actually, God's looking down on them. He said, actually, they're not quite as big as you think they are. I'm going to give you everything you need to overcome them. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. I had a, a Saab. Has anyone ever driven a Saab before? It's a Swedish car. And I, I, loved, I, loved, I loved my Saab. I used to look after it. And one of the things, when we first bought the Saab, uh, I was driving down the road one day, and all Saabs have this on the automatics. They have, or is it automatic? Is that right? Auto. Be Be careful said so many things I shouldn't have done already since I've been on this continent. Anyway, and um, it's a continent, North America. Not Banningham. I know Banningham's not a continent. So I was driving down the road. As I saw the, this, the, the stick, it had an S on it. I thought, well, what does that do? If I press the S button... Will it eject me into the air? Is it like a, what is that button? And sometimes you see these buttons. No one told me what it was when I got the car. And I thought what I'll do is I'll take the car out late at night on a piece of free road. And I'll set this thing free. And I'll just press the S button. And maybe, maybe it'll just rapture me. And maybe I'll be with Jesus. We'll just see what happens. So I was going down the road. And I pressed, pressed the S button. And suddenly I was going 60. Suddenly it was a turbocharge. They call it the sport button. And it took me from like a 60 to 80 miles an hour like that. The horsepower kicked in. God clearly spoke to me. He said, you know what? You can do life on your own up to 50, 60. But there's an S button. And you can press your S button. It's called encouraging yourself in the Lord. And instead of sticking the trashy radio on tomorrow morning on the way to work, you can stick a worship CD on. And you can begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. And you begin to press your S button and suddenly you go to a new dimension. Suddenly you go to a new level in God. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. And finally, the fourth thing to do. The fourth thing to do in a season of frustration is this. Keep a perspective that your appointment is coming. I look back and remember I'm anointed. I encourage myself in that season. Don't allow a wounded spirit that's in the now. But in the future, I remember that my breakthrough is coming. Your breakthrough is coming. It brings us on to number three. Holy Spirit anoints us. Life disappoints us. And number three, God appoints us. David's appointment was awaiting for him. He went through 15 years of disappointment. 
15 years of being disillusioned, 15 years about being let down and hurt by people. But in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4, it says, The leaders of Judea came to David and crowned him king of Judea. I want to tell you, if you can handle the season of disappointment, there is a God-given appointment. There is a God-given appointment waiting for you. What will you do in the season of disappointment? There is a breakthrough coming for you, worship team. Feel free to hop up. So we're going to come back to what you've written down at the start. I'm believing this year you're going to see your breakthrough. But do not allow anything in this season to take you away from your God-given appointment. Anointed plus disappointed equals appointed. Who wishes that we could just go straight from anointed to appointed? You know what? We're a microwave society, aren't we? We like things yesterday. I was in McDonald's a couple of days ago and they made me wait three minutes. Three minutes for my child's happy meal. It ended up being an angry meal. We get furious, don't we? Because we want things. But God is not a microwave God. He's a slow cooker God. The best meals come out of the slow cooker. The best meals are not two-minute package meals from Walmart. They're the ones that mum's been in the cooker, in the kitchen for eight hours. She gets them ready. Well, that's exactly right now. You're in the oven. You're going through disappointment. And God's saying, will you just hang in there? Your miracle's nearly ready. It's nearly ready. Hang through the disappointment. Hang through the heat. Hang through the pressure. Because God's going to bring you out. And it's going to be an incredible miracle. And that's exactly what happened to David. God brought him out and he crowned him the king over Israel. Today, God's got an amazing miracle in store for you. What will you do in the season of disappointment? Anointed plus disappointed equals appointed in Jesus' name. Hey, why don't we all stand to our feet? You've done so well, young people, and sat through that. Hey, we're just going to pray. I want everyone just to close their eyes just in this moment. I'm going to hand back to Pastor in just a minute. But tonight, tonight, you've never, ever made a decision to follow Jesus. Tonight, if you were to leave this, to leave this room and something was to happen to you, and you'd, you're not sure where you'd spend eternity, I want to give you an opportunity to find Jesus tonight. He loves you so much. Tonight, you might say, well, John, it's okay, but you don't understand what's going on in my life. You don't understand the sin and the shame and the hurt. Let me tell you tonight, it's not about what you've done wrong. It's what he's done right on your behalf. God is a God of grace. It's an unconditional love. And he wants to throw that blanket of grace over your life tonight. Maybe you once made a decision to follow him. Kind of disappointment's thrown you off track and you, you feel away from God. Tonight, he just wants to welcome you home. So while no one's looking around, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And all over this room, from the front to the back, right around here, when I get to three, you say, John, include me in that prayer. I just want you to slip your hand up all over this room. One, he loves you tonight. Two, would you have the courage to respond to him? Three, why don't you just slip your hand up all over this room? God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Good on you. God bless you. Beautiful. You can put your hands down. We're just going to say this prayer. Just ask that God would come and reveal himself to you tonight. Let's say it out loud together. Dear Father. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me. Tonight, 
Acknowledge my need for you. Now I invite you to come and live inside of my heart. Forgive me of my sins. My mistakes. Tonight is a new day. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. I am now a follower of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put your hands together. Hey, if you're going for a season of disappointment right now, if you're going for a season of disappointment, just before I pray for people, hey, if you did lift your hand straight after this service, pastor's going to come up in just a moment and explain how, just how, you, how you're going to move forward from that decision. But I just want to commend you and just really say, well done. That was a great decision. So good on you. Yeah, let's give them another clap. But if, you, if, you, if you're going for a season of disappointment right now, just in the next 30 seconds, what I was want, to, want us to do, I'm going to pray in a moment, but I want us to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Why don't we practice what we're going to need for tomorrow? Should we do that? Why don't we practice what we're going to do when the band's not there, when the pastor's not there? Why don't we practice that? How do we practice that? Simply by lifting our hands and beginning to worship and taking our mind off the disappointment and putting our mind on the King, putting our mind and our focus onto Jesus. So whatever disappointment you're facing right now, just lift your hands, take your focus off it and just begin to thank Him. Thank Him for His mercy. It's new every morning. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for His favor in our lives. Thank Him, Father. We thank You, Jesus. Father, we take our eyes, Father, off the disappointment, off the hurt, off the pain, off the past. And we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher, the completer of our faith. Thank You, Lord. We worship You. Come on, begin to lift Your voice. Begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We magnify you. There is none like you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Come on, 20 more seconds. Let's lift up a shout tonight. Hallelujah. If you can speak in those other tongues, you begin to speak in those tongues. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. Come on, move in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Your breakthrough is coming tonight. Your appointment is coming. Hallelujah. Worship. Worship tonight. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Father. That in every disappointment, there is an appointment coming. And Father, we will make a decision tonight. Not to try and understand, but to trust. In that season of disappointment, I pray for every brother and sister here tonight. That you'd give them the courage to keep going. Not to try and ask a hundred questions, Father. But just to trust you, that you know the end from the beginning. Your ways are far above ours. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Tonight, we lean on you and we trust in you. And Father, we're going to kick the enemy in the teeth by standing tall and standing strong. We're going to keep going. If the disappointment lasts a day, praise God. If the disappointment lasts 15 years, praise God. We're going to come through. We are more than conquerors. In Jesus' name, amen.